0: Thanks for tuning in this weekend to Let's Talk Portland. It's Intercom Radio Portland's weekly public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. Before the pandemic ever hit, we had a homeless crisis here in our area. And now that the pandemic has hit, the homeless crisis is even worse. But there are ways that you can help out, especially this month. Let's talk about it. On the show this time, I'd like to welcome back Bill Russell. Bill is the executive director of Union Gospel Mission. Hey there, Bill.
1: Hey, it's good to talk to you.
0: Yeah. So, uh, gosh, what's going on in the world?
1: <laughs> um, there's, it's, everything's normal except for this little thing called COVID, oh, which yeah. requires us to safely distance and wear masks. And it has revolutionized what we're doing at the mission. Um, we're not helping less people and we're not doing less good, but we're doing it differently. How does that look right now? Well right now um uh, we would normally have our day room full of people or our chapel full of people um today, and a hot breakfast, you know, afternoon lunch, really nutritious dinner inside. None of those are happening inside. All of that food is put in portable boxes and taken outside, and there are different places. We're still feeding up at the River District Navigation Center, which is a safely distanced place. And we're, we're doing portables, and we're doing more food through our search and rescue program out to the homeless camps. So people are getting fed. Our chief goal is to feed the hungry. It's our, the first of three-pronged purposes. But um, it looks a whole lot different going out the door than when we could just gather 250, 300 people for a hot breakfast in an hour-and-a-half span in the morning. I talked to
0: you about five, six months ago, back in April, when the pandemic first kind of got going. Um, Great. What's happened over the last few months, over the summer especially?
1: Well, we've learned that our safety protocols are safe. Um, We had one staff person test positive, uh, but our protocols uh, created no co-infection with that. No one else got COVID from that one person. Um, and that person happened to live in building. He was an RA as well as a staff person. Um, so we've been safe. Um, we It's It's slower to take people into the mission because we have to make sure that they're in a safe quarantine situation before the rest of the life change community, men, women or children are exposed to them. So it's a slower process. And if you think about it, it is really hard for someone coming out of chaos or coming off addiction to be by themselves for two weeks. It's just very difficult. And so uh, we've had a number of people who haven't made it through quarantine. They've chosen to go back out. And if you think about it, the streets, if people could stay safe and be sanitary and be off drugs, Outside is preferable to inside in terms of COVID contagion. So, um, you know, I understand it, but we want to help more people and we want to get more people off the street. And we're working hard to do that.
0: Do you know uh, any statistics about how the spread has been with the homeless, homeless population?
1: yeah nationally it it's it 's not been as bad as uh, as we feared. I saw a national survey earlier this week that um, actually people who are unsheltered have a better chance of avoiding the pandemic ab- avoiding the illness than people who are inside so it's been nice that the Outbreak happened in March, where the weather was not as freezing as it will be October, November, December, January, February, which is typical flu season. But if you think about it from that standpoint, Oregon the the number of covid deaths have surpassed our normal annual flu season and we haven't had flu season yet flu season is usually december january february so i mean i'm concerned about that but um the homeless have not been as impacted as we originally feared and part of that is we got the word out we we got people who maybe normally don't follow instructions To, you know, do some self-preservation and stay distanced and wear masks. And, uh, we've delivered a bunch of hand washing stations and, you know, you just do what you can. Right. But it seems like it did resonate with people. And so, um, the homeless have not been hammered by COVID. That, that being said, there are cultures that uh, have been disproportionately affected by COVID. We have a number of Hispanic people in our recovery programs and in in our staff, and that that group has been disproportionately affected by COVID. Multnomah County, only about 11% of the population is Hispanic, but about 37% of the COVID cases have been Hispanic. So some of that is, you know, seasonal workers coming in, some of that is culture, some of that is, is other reasons, but it's something we're certainly aware of and want to work with Hispanic leaders to put a stop to.
0: We're talking today with Bill Russell, Executive Director of Union Gospel Mission. A few minutes ago, Bill, you mentioned that flu season is on its way, and yeah. Um, yeah. it's going to be kind of a crazy wintertime. How is Union Gospel Mission going to face that?
1: Well, I mean, one thing, we're, again, going to be getting as many people into housing as we can. Um, If you think about it, the temperatures really start plummeting in the last part of October, and it's always a little different. You could have kind of a late summer in October, but certainly we run the risk of snow and ice um, from Thanksgiving on through February. And so the people who have been unsheltered, and there are a lot of them, a lot of tents throughout the city, um, and it, it, those people are going to have trouble staying warm. I'm always afraid of people who warm in unsafe ways in their tents during the winter. There, there are people who uh, soak cotton balls in alcohol and create their own little furnace. Well, we have a lot of of deaths through carbon monoxide um you know contamination in Portland and we don't want a high death rate for people through exposure, hypothermia or unsafe warming. Um we've worked with Portland Fire Bureau to to educate people. Uh, There've been way too many burn victims in the winter from people who are trying to live in tents. And so, I mean, that's a concern uh, on its own, but you mix COVID with it, there aren't a whole lot of options. So we're expanding the number of people we keep. We're, We're gonna open a new shelter in East Portland and safely distance the people in there and and again, once people come into shelter, we want to try to move them into housing as quickly as possible so that other people can come in and get the get and get that service. Because I'm I'm very concerned about how winter's gonna play out with COVID in in another three months.
0: Well if we could ever wish for a mild winter, this would be the winter that we, oh, that we
1: wish yes. for. <laughs> Absolutely, please. Yes.
0: So uh, are, th- are there more homeless people now than there used to be, be- uh, pre-pandemic, I guess? Yeah.
1: It's really so, hard to say that yeah. because uh, safe social distancing has forced a lot of people who were boxed up, in real tight shelters and force them out into view. Um, I haven't seen any credible evidence. I think what I'm expecting is that after the eviction ban ends and after the foreclosure ban ends, there are a lot of people who have back rent that they're not going to be able to catch up on within six months. And so the number of homeless will boomerang. Uh, people who are who have been out of work because they worked part time or full time at a restaurant that are stacking up um, unpaid rent and only have their place because of an eviction ban or uh, similarly foreclosure ban. Those people will rapidly become homeless. So Oregon Harbor of Hope is trying to and is mobilizing um, a. a housing program that matches really good, solid working people, high barrier people with uh, people who are looking to rent a a room in their home through Oregon Homeshare. Hopefully that will take off some of the uh, eviction population or the foreclosure population with that when kicking the can down the road comes to the end of the road, I expect a huge spike in homelessness. So hopefully Oregon Homeshare can pick off some of that, but I expect we will see a steady increase in homelessness due to COVID.
0: Bill, how long have you been with Union Gospel Mission?
1: I've been here 31 years. I've been the executive director 22 years. So a long time.
0: Um, yeah. How does this time compare to times in the past?
1: There's, I, I don't really think there's a comparable time to it, um, and we haven't seen the end of it. Uh, we're hoping for the best with the economy, but there is so much disruption, and it's, it's not just COVID. I mean, seven blocks south of the mission, uh, you know, on third, we're on third, uh, a man was shot and killed uh, the other night in a protest and it's just a different dynamic now we have been uh blessed uh there have been a lot of peaceful protesters by the mission we haven't been the victims of any violence but we have to stay vigilant on it and uh, i think because we feed a lot of people there might be some protection out on the street for us i hope that's true um and, you know, we're not the typical target for violent protests, but it, it just creates kind of a ghost town down here. As I walk around, again, I've been here three decades, and it's just different down here. Favorite restaurants closed, uh, windows all boarded up, and in the day, it's kind of a ghost town. And I feel bad about it because I love this city, and it, I can feel the stress even among the homeless. So it's so important that we not just relieve suffering, but we move past that to rebuild lives and to, to uh, restore hope, to really um, teach hope to people, uh, because this will pass, but it's hard to get through it.
0: How are you going about teaching hope? That's a, that's a wonderful thing to be doing.
1: I think when we go out with search and rescue, we're visiting about 70 homeless camps a week, and we go week after week so people get to know us. We're not just there to hand out cargo. I mean, that's always an easy thing to do, and we have great allies in this. But we're there to care. You know, every sandwich is care. Every cup of water or hot chocolate is care. But we want to go beyond simply caring or meeting the life essential need. We want to connect to those people, and we want to get to know people's names, build trust, and then connect them to other resources. We've connected people to medical resources. Recently, we connected to a woman up in Delta Park who's homeless, and a caseworker at the hospital said, if we had not transported her to the hospital, she certainly would have died out on the street. She had a coronary problem. And she's getting help. She's now working with the social worker. So you care for people. You connect to people. And then you coach them in the right direction. Once you have trust, people will listen to you about what their better options are. And I think a lot of people I've met in the last 30 years who are homeless are very distrustful. They've had trauma happen to them. They may not be perceiving things accurately. We must build trust to be able to coach people off the streets.
0: We're talking again today with Bill Russell, Executive Director of Union Gospel Mission. Now, Bill, a few minutes ago, you said you've been Executive Director for 22 years. Mm -hmm. And 20 of those years, you guys have been doing Operation Overcoat. And this year is no exception. Tell me about it.
1: Well, um, yeah, when I'd been working about a year and a half, the medical team's founder, Ron Post, came up to us and said, Hey, I have a great idea for you. I wish I had thought of this, and I could take credit, but it was actually rom Post and he said, Why don't we block off the streets in front of the mission and bring down people you know two, three hundred volunteers to not just feed people a, a great lunch We'll do that, but let's gear them up for the winter because the last Saturday in September is a time where the weather's going to change, and people need to get winter gear." if you don't know it, homeless people don't carry all their winter gear around all summer. They tend to shed it. It tends to be pretty well spent at the end of winter. So we, we designed this as a huge street party where people can get a ticket and shop for a pair of jeans, shop for a coat, shop for a pair of boots. I mean, we gave the tickets away, but they were doing the shopping. and they, they didn't hoard tons of things, but they got a hygiene kit and they got a backpack. They got things that people wanted them to have going into winter, and it was a great event. Um, That would put uh, somewhere between 1,200 and 1,500 people on our block at the same time. And if you haven't noticed, that's no longer allowable. That's a lot of people,
0: even even in normal times.
1: Even in normal times, that was crowded. And we would have live music, and it was a great time, but we can't do it this year. So we've got to think of how can we help 1,200 people but not do it in a single day and in a single place. So rather than a single day event, we're repurposing it this year to be spread out into a number of different safe locations over a whole season. It'll start in the middle of this month. We have various partners, various locations throughout the area. You can go to our website if you wanna volunteer or donate, Uh, ugmportland.org, but um, it's a new way to do things, and I'm kind of hoping that this will reach people that would not otherwise have been reached, and uh, help us develop partners, and it already has throughout the Portland metro area.
0: Give me some examples of... what you're going to be doing. You say you're going to be in different locations. Uh, Where are those locations and what will you you be doing
1: specifically? Well, one example is if you go out to uh, Southeast Powell and I-205, there's a new establishment out there called Agape Village. It's on the property of Central Nazarene Church. And we've been collaborating with them and we co-hired an outreach worker out there. And that's where we're going to be opening up a, a, a emergency shelter starting November 1st. Um, but that's going to be a site for us to go out and distribute clothing kind of in a safe, uh, um, non-compact way. Let people come in and shop and get what they need and get food, get their winter gear. But, you know, rather than 1,200 people there, I, I think in that location, and that's a pretty prominent uh east side homeless location. If we do it a number of days and a number of sessions, we could probably help 250, 300 people out there. But that would be an example of smaller and more spread out at a remote location with great partners. Uh, Central Nazarene, Madhuff out there, and Agape Village are great partners. We've also got partners that are in North Portland. Um, we've, got, uh, we've been working with uh, St. Paul's Baptist Church up there. That's a great church. But there are also non-church partners that we work with, just locations where we can set up shop and out in Washington County, um, we have our women and children's center out there, which is fabulous. And we're expanding it out in Washington County. But for the first time, we'll be collaborating with Washington County homeless services to, to expand operation overcoat. So this year homeless in Washington County, don't have to take the max into Portland and get in line and be in our giant event. We'll take it out to them. And, uh, and so, uh, those kind of satellite locations along with our usual search and rescue stops and we will we will be doing some out the door here to our usual downtown clients and you know there are a lot of downtown clients a couple of weeks ago someone counted 180 tents in old town on the sidewalk so we still have our hands full here who knows maybe we'll help 2500 people My prayer every day is that homelessness goes away. It significantly uh, shrinks. But all the efforts to shrink homelessness are fighting the factors that accelerate homelessness. And right now, COVID is the latest.
0: You're one of those guys that would love to be out of a job.
1: I would. I mean, uh, I think, you know, by the time I retire, this There'll be more clients here than ever, and that breaks all of our hearts. I mean, I've worked a whole career to reduce the misery of homelessness, and I've seen thousands of people get off the street, tens of thousands of people, and that's great. But there's a fire hose that increases homelessness, and we need to improve the mental health uh, Care delivery system. I know Sheila Hamilton and other people are working on that in the state, and I want to help in that as well. Um, we need to improve mental health. I don't know what's going to happen in Oregon with long-term addiction to hard drugs because it's so medically and mentally damaging, and the state is really trying to more uh, decriminalize drugs. And that's one of the ramps out of, out of heroin, meth, and cocaine addiction. And so I'm very concerned that that's going to amp up and cause more overdose deaths, more crime, because it, you can decriminalize it, but people still need to do crime to buy the drugs. And so we have to look at ways to get people out of that lifestyle, and uh, short of dying or, or uh, creating massive problems for society.
0: The pandemic and COVID 19 is extraordinarily stressful on people, and people yes. with addictions can have some real issues around this, can't they?
1: They have. Uh, and, you know, we see evidence and studies where uh, alcoholism is increased, substance abuse is increased, and so we want to increase our capacity for residential recovery. And uh, that's a long term battle. Um, It is a treatable disease, and people need to take options to get out of that um, miserable lifestyle. Unfortunately, brain chemistry works against it. Uh, Once substance abuse becomes the most salient thing, the most important thing, the inner brain tends to perpetuate it. But at those breakpoints, if you have a loved one who needs help, when they hit one of those breakpoints, do everything you can to get them into treatment and into residential recovery and become part of the sober society. I've been sober 41 years now, and I am so glad that I got sober as a young trial lawyer.
0: Nice. 41 years. That's awesome. Yep. So Operation Overcoat gets started probably towards the middle of September, right?
1: It does. Uh, Usually it's the last Saturday of September, but we're launching earlier, um, Saturday, September 19th. Okay. And uh, we'll be delivering backpacks, shoes, coats, pants, vital supplies, How can
0: the community get involved and help out this year? Because it's definitely going to be a different sort of event.
1: Yeah, um, you can organize a donation drive at your business or your church or your school, um, and uh, then you could drop those items off, and, and those items would be pants, brand new undergarments. Nobody, not even the homeless, like to wear used undergarments. Sleeping bags, boots, coats, anything like that. Organize a drive. You could network on social media, collect them, and bring them down to us. But anyway, the other thing you could do: support Operation Overcoat financially. It costs about twenty-three dollars to serve each person through Operation Overcoat. So that that gears them up for the winter. It gets them food, and it, it really offers hope. And if you want to go to ugmportland.org and hit the donate page, every $23 you give is going to help a person out with something that's real vital to their future.
0: Yeah, cash it's, cash is always a big, big helper.
1: It is. And, I mean, we're almost multiplying it. $23 gift gives about $200 worth of goods and we need to save that kind of money to help this many people. Bill, what gets you up in
0: the morning and keeps you doing this every day?
1: I see people that are absolutely living radiant, happy lives that were totally miserable. Um, we I fished a young woman out of uh, one of the homeless camps in North Portland, up on Moore Island, and, you know, to see her go through recovery, restore relationship with her children, she's working a job now, she just got promoted to a shift manager position, and I see the smile on her face, and I think about the health of her family. The other thing is kids, when we get kids out of homelessness, they stop losing years of education. And we're working so hard because schools are closed to make sure they don't lose any more ground this year. I see kids now in college who came to us out of homelessness, Uh, kids who are contributing in society. And so we just have to do what's right today, do the right activities today to bring about a better tomorrow for those individuals. And the connections is homelessness isn't passed on generationally for every person we break that cycle with. It's going to be a positive impact multiple times for multiple decades.
0: Well, thank you for doing what you do.
1: Oh, I love it. Thank you,
0: too. We've been talking today with Bill Russell, Executive Director of Union Gospel Mission. Thanks, Bill.
1: Thank you so much. Really enjoyed our time today. Let's Talk Portland is an Intercom Radio Portland public affairs program.